0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to yet another episode of our AIP podcast. My name is Anne Cheng. I am CEO of Supercharged Lab, and of course, your host on behalf of the AI Partnerships Core. Today, we have a distinguished guest, Rami Abiel Mona. He is VP of Research and Engineering at Laris Technologies. Now, Laris Technologies is based in Ottawa, Ontario and is an innovative company that develops embedded technology for mission-critical C4ISR and security systems. Their flagship products have provided big data integration and automatic queuing and tasking of sensors and assets for more efficient and timely generation of actionable intelligence. Now, Laris Technologies' high-flying, high-level Information Fusion modules enable defense contractors and system integrators to provide customers with next-generation systems that optimize decision-making in the face of big data. Now, Laris has a proven track record in higher-level JDL Information Fusion models and is at the forefront of innovation in the defense and security industries. Wow, what a mouthful. Huge warm welcome to you, Rami. What a pleasure to have you here today.
1: Thank you, and it's uh, great to be here.
0: Absolutely. So, Rami, tell me about you. How did you end up here? What's your background? What's your backstory? How did you get to Laris Technologies?
1: Yeah, thanks uh, for that question, And So uh, yeah, you mentioned most of it uh, um, uh, there. My name is Rami Abilmona. I'm VP of Research and Engineering at Laris Technologies. Uh, so we're an AI machine learning data science company uh, headquartered in uh, Ottawa, Canada. Uh, And I came to Laris uh, through my PhD. I did my PhD at the University of Ottawa, um, uh, working on artificial intelligence. At the time, we couldn't actually call it AI. It was more uh, computational intelligence that uh, we flew under. Um, And there's a society in the IEEE that's called the CIS Society. And uh, at the time, this is, you know, early uh, 2000s, uh, AI actually wasn't really a, a good moniker to kind of use. Now it's kind of the other way around. If you don't say AI, you don't get published or you're not. Not, uh, as well known. So uh, yeah, I started working in the field uh, back in the uh, you know late uh, 1999 um, uh, and early 2000, uh, did my master's PhD in the field in artificial intelligence, uh, both in terms of software and hardware. So I worked on kind of the early concepts that were uh, kind of neural networks, genetic algorithms, fuzzy systems, uh, but also uh, implemented them in hardware on uh, uh, what are called FPGAs or field programmable gate arrays. Um, finished up my master's and PhD and. Uh, you know, uh, submitted my thesis on a Friday and uh, was at uh, on my desk at Layers Technologies on a Monday uh, in two thousand six. Um, and uh, yeah started this journey uh, with laris technologies where we were able to uh, form kind of a research and development arm to the company uh, start producing some um, uh, some algorithms some models uh, some products uh, patented uh, a few along the way uh, and then commercialized the technology soon after and uh, here we are uh, a few years later with a suite of uh, uh, of products within our portfolio to answer a lot of different uh, questions uh, typically the three uh, uh uh, most important questions that any client or any user uh, wants to answer are, um, you know, can you optimize, uh, can you predict, and can you simulate? Uh, and and you'll see, uh, I guess, uh, throughout this podcast, uh, I'll focus a lot on these three questions, forecasting, optimization, and modeling and simulation. So that's uh, that's kind of my backstory, and uh, happy to be here again. Thanks, Anne.
0: Well, that is amazing. Let's dive right in. Tell us a little bit more about the embedded technology, how it Works, how it revolutionizes you know in information accuracy and situational awareness let's dive right in
1: absolutely yeah thanks uh, so uh, again Laris is a uh, uh, you know a company, software a software company that specializes in artificial intelligence and machine learning we also specialize in big data analytics and decision support systems uh, we're um, we're comprised of, of three core business areas one that focuses on the solution space so data fusion and analytical solutions um, we've produced a few uh, products in uh, out of that department we have a software kind of engineering um, uh, consulting department that primarily focuses focuses in kind of C4ISR for public security and defense, as well as, um, you know, in the past uh, five years, we branched out to a few commercial applications in retail, supply chain and e-commerce. And I'll come back to that point because, you know, dual use technologies is very important these days. And uh, our third kind of core business area is research and engineering. That's where we focus on kind of innovations or models or algorithms in advanced AI, ML for, you know, that are probably two years, three years ahead of their time um, for big Defense and what we call big defense and big retail; those are the three, the two kind of sectors that we operate in. Um, so, in terms of kind of our, you know, what we bring to the table, uh, we have a slew of products. One is called Total Insight, which is uh, a predictive analytics, multi-sensor, multi-source decision support system. So, this is a big data analytics engine that groups together multiple layers of data analytics, um, uh, brings in you know billions of messages per day, uh, supports a variety of hard and soft data sources that can be um, uh, seamlessly in. Integrated and uh, with other systems, it's very interoperable, interoperable with other systems. Um, that's kind of a real-world, real-time engine, so that's sub-second processing out. We have Total Perception, that's a system simulation engine that takes a different approach, uh, solves kind of that optimization question using AI, ML, and modeling and simulation so that we can provide kind of enhanced queuing and tasking for uh, ISR. I mean, we're, I'm throwing a lot of acronyms your way, but ISR is Intelligent Surveillance and Reconnaissance, um, so that we can provide kind of automated capabilities that are based on these novel AI, ML algorithms, tools, and, and capabilities. Total Vision is our kind of answer to computer vision, so it's an agile, adaptable AI, ML video analytics solution for public safety and infrastructure security industries. It leverages cutting edge advances in computer vision, AI, ML, uh, so that we can do automated multi-level analysis of surveillance video um, and transform that data into actionable intelligence for, for users. Um, and then uh, again uh, kind of a an end to end solution called total foresight. Uh, you can see kind of the total family um, of 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 products that we have there. It offers of an automated solution to improve any situational awareness as well as plan task assigned resources so that kind of does the gamut right it does the forecasting. Uh, so if someone needs kind of time series forecasting, situational prediction, uh, we can do that. Uh, then we can do the optimization so that we can optimize responses uh, that are generated by the tool automatically. They're simulated within the tool as well so that we can provide kind of performance metrics for the user. They're displayed uh, seamlessly within a very um, GPU-enabled uh, user interface. Um, and of course, uh, the modeling and simulation is in the back end so that we could uh, perform uh, um, and, and provide that to our over loaded decision makers that typically, um, the typical user for our suites are uh, people that are just inundated with many tasks, and they have a limited number of resources, time to make those decisions. So that's kind of where we come in.
0: That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. So how does Laris Technology stay ahead of the curve in the ever-changing th- defense and security industries? And also, what sets your technology apart from traditional low-level data fusion solutions?
1: Yeah, that, that, that's that's an absolutely great question, Anne, because it, I think everybody... Um, you know, on, on you know anyone listening to this podcast is probably safe, facing similar um, uh, problems or issues. Uh, you know, in order to kind of stay ahead of the curve, especially in this digitally transformed world, and you would think that defense and security maybe are um, you know a, a bit older kind of industries. Uh, that's not the case anymore, right? I mentioned dual-use technologies, where um, you know algorithms could actually be deployed for commercial applications as well as security applications. So how do we uh, kind of stay ahead of the curve? Well, we retain a pretty uh, large competitive advantage uh, because of our many capabilities that we have. We can mix data analytics with other data sources. So we bring in hard and soft data sources. So hard being like structured data sources, think like databases, sensor outputs, imagery, stuff like that. With a kind of unstructured data sources, think you know observational reports, social media reports, what we kind of what we call kind of open source data. Uh, so we have the ability to kind of mix uh, both of them to. Perform Form, data exploitation, data fusion, situational assessment, and situational prediction. Upon that, we have um, you know a great team in house of AI ML experts and know how that we built over the you know the past twenty five years there. Um, that uh, we can you know create any model, apply any algorithm. Uh, really great, you know, greatly separates us from the competition. We also have tremendous expertise in deploying these in the real world. Uh, So it's not something that is just meant for, you know, modeling and simulating and, you know, presenting it uh, for a demo or a paper or whatnot. We actually have real-world AI models that have been running in the field with our customers deployed for over 10 years now. Um, And and we deploy them on GPU CPUs uh, for real-time real-world data feed processing. We have expertise in MLOps or what is called machine learning uh, ops. Um, It's kind of the cousin of DevOps, uh, if you're familiar with that, so that uh, you can actually uh, deploy. machine learning models in a production level environment um, and and a pipeline that allows you to go from uh, input to output seamlessly in a very structured manner and and more importantly in a repeatable manner. So, uh, um, you know, I, I think your question, you know, could be answered in many different ways. One other way that I can think of answering it is thinking about those three questions again that I talked about: prediction, modeling, and simulation, and optimization. And and we've got great predictive capability. Um, namely, you know, we've been working on this for you know fi- you know over twenty years, as I mentioned. It uh, we're able to lower the chances of of, of mispredictions. Um, we uh, use deep learning, obviously, so that we can provide that competitive advantage in both uh, speed and accuracy. On the modeling and simulation side, we have great competitive advantage is there because of our capability of mixing in uh, source modeling along with some other AI ML driven techniques such as you know contextual awareness incomplete information handling like you know if I only have you know 10 of the data fields out of the 15 how do I kind of you know complete the information for the missing ones perception management process refinement and then optimization we've got uh, great uh, suites of products that are multi-objective optimization driven and that answer the question in real time so I I think you know, Between all those, that's kind of where we stay ahead of the curve.
0: That's amazing. So final, final question. I want to ask about your future plans. What's on the horizon for you? How do you see the role of embedded technology evolving in the defense and security industries?
1: Yeah, that, that's a good question. Um, you know, from a LARIS perspective, um, we, we exist to make better sense of the world. Really, we help our clients and our users to 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 make sense of their world, uh, we build the most advanced AI ML based products and services. Um, we have we have three strategic goals for our firm. Uh, first and foremost, we want to cultivate um, kind of an environment where everyone actively contributes to the scientific, engineering, academic communities um, and, and, and helps uh, layers develop um, as well as, you know, they develop as their own leaders in their respective fields. Uh, number two, we develop a sustainable competitive advantage, as I mentioned, uh, by leading and accelerating kind of the research into as well as the development of innovative predictive analytics and, and AI Uh, uh, solutions. And three, we accelerate the growth through the identification, kind of prioritization, successful exploitation of opportunities in uh, both domestic and foreign markets uh, via strategic partnerships, relationship with with, with other companies, and and of course, uh, end client engagement. Um, I think the other part of your question is like, how do you see the role of embedded technology evolving in, in, in defense and security? Well, um, you know, I I do a lot of talks on this field and, you know, some of my talks are kind of like lay down, you know, the, the big brother versus big data kind of world where it's like 1983, George Orwellian type future that we're getting into. But, you know, for, for this podcast, maybe I'll take a, a, a lighter approach to it and I'll say something like, um, you know, in in general, when we talk about AI, machine learning, fusion, data analytics, there's different layers in the technical community that we refer to. That we refer to layer two is like situational assessment. So that's kind of like the basic understanding of who are the actors, what's happening in the environment, what's happening in the situation, what relationships do all these actors have at play within the situation at hand. Um, so the embedded technology is already in there. You know, think uh, predictive analytics think descriptive analytics, think diagnostic analytics. Those are really well-known tools um, um you know that are out there and 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 that's a kind of a, a good solved problem. Next up is layer three um um and I skipped over layer one and zero layer one and zero are very low-level fusion type things so I'm not going to cover them layer three is more impact assessment so that's like you know think of you know gaming you know potential responses and 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 what happens when those responses occur upon that situation at hand? What's their impact? Can I measure that impact Can I assess the impact? And more embedded technologies coming into that framework now, Um, you know, that's called prescriptive analytics. You know, what should be my course of action or or COA? Um, What's the impact of that course of action upon the environment or that situation at hand? And, and, you know, can I start recommending courses of actions? Uh, Layer four is more like process refinement um that's more like you know mission planning um you know uh, can i change the rules of operations if i'm going into a firewall for a cyber type environment can i change you know the firewall rules themselves automatically are using kind of embedded technology in order to better manage my resources manage my sensors manage my tasking to attain some higher level objective we're not there yet right so that's you know laris itself is is pushing the envelope there and we're we 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 have models and solutions into that world um but as an industry i would say we're not you know we're not there yet and then layer 5 there's also layer six and seven. I'm not going to go through those because of you know time constraints today. Um, uh, but hit me up if you're ever interested in learning about those. There, maybe I'll just leave it with layer five because that's a you know contentious um, maybe a one that I can mention. That's called user refinement. Uh, it's quite key, uh, really. That's where um, you know a joint cognitive adaptation happens between the human and the machine, um, so that the, the 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 human is obviously influencing the machine. But the machine could also influence the human, um, so the machine could could start thinking and 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 recommending that hey maybe you know the human should change the way they interact with this autonomous system so that together the overall process effectiveness is dramatically increased. Um, so you'll see this dual training of of humans training machines and machines training humans um, soon.
0: That is. Wow, a little bit of a dystopian future, but Rami, what a thrill (laughs) to have spent so much time with you. And once again, to our listeners and those tuning in on all our social channels, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for tuning in. And once again, Rami, thanks for being on our show. This is Anne from Supercharged Lab on behalf of the AIP podcast signing off.
1: Thank you, Anne. And thank you, AIP.